You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 349 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. Coming to you from uh, lockdown number four yes. here in Melbourne. So wow. sending lots of love. Well, now we've got a lot of Melbourne listeners. Mm. So sending you guys lots of love and, and everyone else around the world who might be experiencing some sort of uh, lockdown. But mm. we're not going to dwell about that, are we, Val? No. We get on to more positive things. Yes, so, like photography. Um, yeah, uh, so excited uh, about uh, this week's episode. So, how to photograph strangers with guest uh, Daryl and Judy Ford, which is uh, uh, a fantastic. Uh, their work is just amazing. I'm really yes. excited to chat. But I want to start Val yes. with a CC. Oh, okay, a constructive critique. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who from? So, um, who's the photo? So. By? So Dawn Filson, uh, who uh, uploaded this image to the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast Facebook group. And uh, do you want to read out what she writes? Okay. So Dawn has uploaded an image and has said, I've been lurking here for a few weeks, have been listening to the podcast for a lot longer, but I'm setting some goals tonight. And one of them is to post a pic here each week for critique. Yes, terrified. So go easy on me. Now, what Dawn's doing is she's posting it in the Facebook group. If you haven't joined yet, please do. It's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to see you in there. And I'm loving the fact that Dawn is doing this. Now, Dawn continues... There's much talent in this group and the podcast has given me so much information. Time to apply what I'm learning. This was shot with my Nikon D3300 with a 35mm prime lens, ISO 200, 1 over 640. So the shutter speed is 1 over 640 and the aperture is f2.8. All natural light. And yes, I did some post-processing. What were we trying to accomplish? fashion. This young lady aspires to model and so we had an afternoon of practicing on each other. So the photo, um, so if you want to see the photo, then just check it out in the show notes um, at ginamilitia.com. Now the photo is of a woman with uh, blonde hair and um, she's sitting on kind of like a a stool, like an outdoor stool and she's wearing Really yep. like, um, it looks like a black velvet coat and maybe a white shirt, but it's mainly a, a black velvet coat. But she's, um, she's sitting and she's leaning with her elbows or her arms kind of like on the tops of her thighs near her knees and one is propped up, kind of um, propping up her chin and she's being shot from above and she's got, you know, really 
big eyes and big mascara and 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 black mascara, even though she's got blonde hair and black lipstick or very dark lipstick. And I think she's holding oh, a Val, cigarillo. How cool of you to know the cigarillo. Is that what used to bust out when you were a, a teenager or a young writer hanging around in cafes? Like, oh, just have a light up a little cigarillo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I don't know. I'm. I think it's a cigarette. So it's you know she's she's it's a it's a very avant garde kind of um, look. It's not like the girl next door or anything. Anyway, it's shot from above, and she is looking above to the camera, sort of looking kind of um, maybe not quite to the camera or, or just off the camera, but looking above to the direction of the camera, and it's kind of a. Yeah. Yeah, cool. like a pensive shot. Um, well described, Val. Yeah. So first of all, Dawn, thank you for sharing this image. So it's like it's people like you that share your yes. work that allow me to do these critiques that end up helping uh, so many photographers uh, with their work. So I appreciate that. So mm. I think uh, – like the way that you've uh, exposed this image, you found some uh, a lovely area of open shade. So like, you know, a shady area, it's not dappled light. It's just like clean open shade. So that's fantastic, which makes life so much easier because you get a nice flat, even light. I like that you've actually chosen um, a, a very fast shutter speed. So when obviously when you're working with models and they're moving around a lot and there's a lot of action there, you want to have a, a faster shutter speed so that you do actually uh, freeze the, the action. So uh, well done there. And uh, also the fact that the two of you are getting out and working with each other. This is a great way to learn. So for all of you, you know, that want to practice, I either say like for if you want to practice your light, you're a bit intimidated uh, by the thought of that, then get a styrofoam head so that you don't have someone judging you while you're trying to learn. And then also grab your friends and like, especially if you've got friends who are photographers as well and uh, photograph each other. It's great as a photographer to have an opportunity to be in front of the camera you actually learn a lot in front of the camera what it feels like so that you can have empathy for your models so that's an important thing so some suggestions for you dawn to take this image to the next level so i can see what i want you to do when you're out there practicing is i really want you to focus on finding the good light so if you look at this uh, image of dawn you can actually trace where the directional light is coming from and I can see that the highlight camera right is brighter than the highlight uh, camera left on the girl's face so simply Dawn just by turning the model's face into the light you're going to get a lot more directional light on the face and directional light is your best friend when you're a photographer particularly if you're trying to get great looking uh, beauty shots or high fashion shots you want to have clean beautiful lighting and it's going to save you a lot of extra work because it fills in all the shadows caused by you know um, under the eyes or you know if there's any little lumps and bumps it fills it all that in that's why I talk about at nauseam, Val, we probably talk about it more than anything, this garage light, which is basically that. It's directional light, so very, very flattering. So have a listen to all the podcasts where we talk about it. I'm sure we've dedicated entire podcasts to, to garage light and learn to find it because as a, if you want to practice fashion photography, it's going to be your best friend. 
The other thing that I, I want you to practice when you're out with each other, and these are just like you can just spend a day trying different angles, but when you want to work with fashion, I think the idea is to really flatter the body and make the model look amazing. And so for me, the best way to do that, what I'm always aiming for when I'm doing fashion photos is to lengthen, elongate the body. So I like to shoot from slightly below so that I, I get to see the uh, the, the model's uh, entire body. So I'm just seeing that uh, also uh, you might want to have a listen to last week's episode about cropping, uh, just a little bit of awkward crop into the ankle ankle there so like extending out because you can see the legs you want to um, extend and elongate those legs so so that the model looks tall and uh, elongated is the aim and then with the background also with fashion there's two kinds of backgrounds that you'll notice so you'll see that some amazing fashion shots they'll go to like a drop dead gorgeous location like you'll see the Eiffel Tower in the background or some amazing city backdrop or even some kind of you know natural backdrop but it's always like jaw dropping and then the models in there uh, wearing some sort of amazing outfit and the two go together or the opposite of that is if the outfit is really over the top because let's let's face it fashion is all about showing off the clothes right so if it is an out you know an amazing outfit mm. then they'll they'll find a a natural uh, you know clean background just a really plain background to set off the clothes so you you might have like a plain a plain wall or some sort of slightly textured wall just so the outfit pops so on that one thing that's a, like a really great idea early on in your career is to look for makeup artists and stylists that you can collaborate with so you can work together uh, to build folio. So there's all sorts of uh, website sites and Facebook pages where you can find makeup artists and stylists. You want them at the start of their career and with the hope, and this is what happened to me, I started out with a lot who were beginning just like, and we all grew together, you know, and a lot of those people I still work with now and there's nothing yes. better, and you know this Val, there's nothing better than having a team around you that they just they just get the vibe that you're going for. So this is a great opportunity for you, Dawn, just to seek out a stylist that you can work with, makeup artists that you can work with, and, you know, everyone works together and everyone walks away with great photos for their folio. And then, you know, encourage the collaboration, like the makeup artist might have some ideas that they want to throw in, the stylist might have some ideas, and you end up with, you know, next-level work. So they're the suggestions for you, Dawn. Great uh, – uh, great job on this photo. Uh, thanks so much for sharing and yeah, good luck with the rest of it. Can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, brilliant. That's great. I yeah, think that's it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, and it's just practice, practice, good practice. You, I did start out shooting uh, fashion and, uh, you know, some of the, the tips that I gave you is exactly what I did and it's sort of when I went and started working with, um, you know, makeup artists and stylists, like that's when it all took off because it's like, you know, it just it just automatically mm. elevates your work to the next level. Brilliant, brilliant. And you've also been um, 
Yeah, so and welcome to new members that have come through uh, and also I've been, I I just recorded uh, all the CCs uh, uh, for this month for the members and also I am now working on getting part two of the Zero to Hero uh, lighting course which I've had just such a fantastic response um, from from all the members, but they're all getting out there and uh, practicing and uh, doing all the exercises, and it's just been so fantastic to see them really uh, nailing their lighting very quickly, and then understand. Look, like I've just basically simplified Gina styled <laughs> flash lighting, and none <laughs> of the. Um, None of the science talk. It's just like there are lots and lots of examples of, you know, you follow step by step. By the time you get to the, you know, in part one, by the time you've yeah. listened to the entire um, uh, ep- um, episode, or what, what's it called? The, the entire tutorial, right? I'm mm-hmm. still in podcast mode. By tutorial. the time you've listened to it, which is like it's <laughs> yes. only about 30 minutes long, you you understand lighting because you do – you you watch it and you do it at the same time and then you post your work and and everyone is getting consistent identical results so you can take uh that knowledge work anywhere with it and get consistent results and not be hoping and praying that you know that the the lighting gods will smile on you and you might get a decent image you go in there with confidence and know you're going to nail it and i think that's uh really important for uh working photographers so yeah a lot of fun doing that val brilliant um and if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the gold community have a listen to this This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. One of the things I love is mentoring the incredible photographers who are in my Gold Community. I recently asked Richard Howes about the many ways being a Gold Community member has improved his photography. I guess the Gold Community has really helped and supported me to um, develop my skills and experience. It's given me a lot more uh, confidence in being able to shoot photos in manual mode. I've learned so much about lighting and composition. You're always there for us. Uh, It's like having a coach on your side who's really um, giving you a a boost and um, helping hand. I love how the Gold Community also covers a wide range of uh, photographic genres. So you get exposed, which helps broaden one's knowledge and experience. Since joining the Gold Community, it's given me much more confidence and uh, ability to take good portrait shots. I'm looking at the moment to build on my, my lighting. No, look, I've, I've been a member of the Gold Community for a few years and uh, I never stopped learning uh, about lighting, composition and how to take better photos. So if you're a photographer and looking to uh, improve your skills and experience, don't hesitate in joining the Gold Community because it offers a wealth of uh, resources. I just think it's a great um, coaching resource. You can only improve your photography and um, get better at the craft if you join the Gold Community. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, head to ginamilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, so let's get stuck into this week's topic, how to photograph strangers with guests Daryl and Jude. Now, I think that this is a great one, especially because you're actually very good at photographing strangers. 
So I'm interested, we'll talk about this at the end, to know whether you picked up some tips that you hadn't thought of before because you're very good at approaching strangers and even getting them to pose and and that sort of stuff. So how did you get to know about Daryl and Jude? Yeah, so I I first uh, saw Daryl and Jude's work. I actually stumbled uh, over one of their images and, you know, I'm pretty jaded, Val. It takes a lot (laughs) for an image to stop me in my tracks and this one did and it was Uh one of their images via the Frames Facebook page. So I think regular listeners will remember that I uh, interviewed the founder of Frames Magazine and the podcast, uh, Tamash, back in, I think it was 2019. And so uh, check out their Facebook page. Uh, it's really, they share uh, some some gorgeous uh, images from all around the world. And uh, one of uh, Daryl and Jude's images from Romania was posted there. And I just like, it was beautiful. So the thing that stood out to me was the honesty and authenticity of the shot. So I reached mm. out and they um, they came on and it's like super interesting story. So they actually travelled to Romania um, to visit like one of the last uh, remaining European uh, peasant communities. So they went there oh, in wow. 2019 and uh, completely life-changing trip. So they actually went with a a guide, like a photographer guide. So it was a small group. Oh, yeah. I think there was only three of them, and uh, she, Jude explains it in the uh, in the interview. But they went there and uh, got these amazing images. So, like, I think when you're listening to an interview, it's a really good idea to check out the work of the photographer. So I encourage you just to maybe yeah. um, pause for a sec and go to – uh, the website uh, dapperandjude.com. So it's D A P E R and A N D J U D E dot com. The links are all in the show notes. Uh, and have a look at the work because it's absolutely beautiful. So you've got an idea of, uh, you know, what I'm banging on about when I just, uh, <laughs> you know, when I keep talking about how beautiful the work is. So, um, but, like, it gets really exciting because uh, when they got back from the tri- mm. trip, uh, Jude actually uh, made an application for uh, something called the Joan uh, Walkland Bursary. Uh, so, bursary, you'd know what that means, right, Val? It's Just like a, a scholarship or a, a grant. It's a fancy or, word for yeah. a grant, isn't it, really? So, <laughs> and, uh, it, like, it, and that's um, run by The Guardian and the Royal Photographic Society, and she actually uh, won that. And so now right. that she can make another three more trips, but get this, she'd never applied for one before, had wow. never been published before, so she wow. walks us through um, what that's like to do that and the application yeah. process. And I think like what you'll have a listen to that because it's in very encouraging for because this this uh, particular grant's open to photographers from all over the world. So she can now go back, continue with the work and uh, help these uh, people in the Romanian communities, which is just like this is a dream come true. So um, and then obviously they're, they're a married couple. So, of course, I've got to ask what it's like to work together mm. as two creatives and uh, mm. how that works. And they're actually uh, a gorgeous couple together. Together, but they we talk about the pros and cons and um, mm-hmm. and then like you know working with guides on the ground to get access to better locations 
and uh, then we, we go into the techniques they uh, use individually to uh, to connect with complete strangers. Jude walks us through uh, her tips on applying for the for for the photographic grant, and then we talk about gear, packing for trips, what sort of uh, lighting they use, their favourite lenses, and heaps more. So um, I, I really enjoyed this chat, Val. I hope you guys do too. Let's have a listen. Daryl and Judy, welcome to the show. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yes, very well. So before we start, uh, this is my first online threesome. What about you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Same for us. Fantastic. All right, there's got to be a first somewhere. Uh, So you're both photographers and uh, that's why we're interviewing you together. Before we start, something I always ask my guests, where in the world are you? Um, we're in North Devon in England, and um, we live right in the middle of the countryside. It's a, a beautiful spot. It is. It's a gorgeous location, and uh, what I'm curious about is, like, I know for me, uh, I always travel outside of Australia to find the beauty in the rest of the world, and I know that there's people who don't live in Australia that come here, and it's on their bucket list of places to photograph. When I look at where you live it's gorgeous and there's like surrounding where you live there's lots of uh beautiful villages as well and you've got like coast and uh it, it it's a lovely place to live have you been inspired to photograph closer to home yes yes we do quite a bit of photography close to home we've done a little bit of um documentary photography as well with local farmers and um there was a very famous um local photographer James Revillius who's done a lot of books and um I've I've actually managed to photograph some of the people that he photographed in the sort of sixties and seventies that yep. there and and their sons are still and family are still on the farm. So that's been quite a nice little project we're we're doing. And we also go to the to Exmoor quite a bit and um follow the herds of Exmoor ponies at the moment. There's lots of foals about so that's a really nice break to go up there. And then uh, we've got a converted transit, so we go up there and have a bit of a picnic and follow the ponies for a while. Fantastic. So that's great. But I agree with you. I just love to get out of my environment and have a bit of an adventure. So even though we live in a beautiful place and I'm really grateful that we do, I just got itchy feet to go and find other places as well. But what do you think it is about this because I, I know we're not the only ones who suffer from, from this, uh, you know, way of thinking. What is it about uh, having – is it is it the fact that, that what's in front of you, 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 you stop noticing? Is it the shock of the new when you travel that, that inspires you? What is it? Yeah, I think it yeah, is. I yeah. think it's that whole cultural difference that – that challenges you so not only the language but the climate and and the customs and uh it just sort of shakes you up and um makes you look with fresh eyes yeah we we also we're we're not getting any younger either we're both both in our early 60s so we we're trying to do a a few adventures while we can likewise we're, we're going to um to norway dog sledding um next february um we we do a a round trip stopping going cabin to cabin and um you know most of the cabins there's no electricity or running water and we just just rough it for for a a week or so and um 
you know, we get northern lights and everything else, and it's just uh, the scenery is just fantastic. So, and I'm terrified. Are you terrified of, <laughs> of not having the comforts with you, or are you terrified? No, no, of no. The, that's the fine. Feet? I'm terrified of the dog sledding. Oh, really? Because um, it's so out of control, you know. But um, and I've fallen off a couple of times, but actually, it's fine. I just lack confidence. It sounds super <laughs> exciting. So you you've both been photographers for over 40 years is that right well i yeah. have been in particular um judy's a, a bit a bit newer to photography um i think she got fed up of hanging around waiting for me to take photographs so um see if you can't beat them join them so um well we had a we had a period when the business wasn't doing so well when we didn't travel so much and also we had young children you're right and um, it's travel that really inspires me to take photographs and people and um yeah, I just sort of had a bit of a turning point about four years ago, didn't I, when yeah. I suddenly something, well, I was travelling and something clicked in me and I thought, I really want to do this. And so since then, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I've really studied hard and um, it's, be, it's become a passion. So how long have you been shooting for, Jude? I mean, obviously you've been around a photographer for a long time in Daryl, but how long have you actually been shooting? Well, I used to um, travel a fair bit in the early 80s. And um, so during the 80s, I had film cameras. and yep. I travelled and took pictures then. And then once we had our first child, which was 1990, Daryl sort of took over yeah. and um, did all the photography. Yep. In 15, that I yeah. um, really started. Yeah, it was probably a bit more. I think more we than, both got a lot more serious. It's, then, it's didn't more we? than um, four years, isn't it? It's yeah, more like six years. Yeah. Um, that I picked up a camera and we started travelling again, and uh, that was it. Really, I was off. Fantastic. <laughs> so, a question to both of you uh, in. In this time, because I'll say it's been like, you know, 30 to 40 years of, uh, you know, being in that whole photography world, what would you think would be, what what would each of you say, and you can both answer individually, uh, the most important lesson that you've both learned? I can go first if you like. You can. I think for this, for the type of photography you're interviewing us about, this documentary photography, mm. the most important thing is to have a passion for what you're photographing and to connect with the people that you're photographing so that you, you get some emotion and um, in the pictures. For me, that's, that's the most important thing. Right, so connecting with your subject. What about you, Daryl? Yeah. Very much the same, really. It's just yeah. really, really, I mean, we've met some lovely, lovely people on this, especially this trip to Romania. They were amazing generosity of the people that had very, very little and they wanted to share it with you. And um, just very humbling, actually, um, these people. And, and I just love photographing them. It's, you know, it's it's just such a great pleasure. And also they... Um, you know, quite often they, they, they like the company as well, you know, that, that you know, you take an interest in them and, um, you know, it, it's a it's quite a two-way thing really. And, mm. um, you know, that, it just seems to work, you know. Um, um, and we, we, we're very relaxed when we're doing a pho- 
photography. We, yeah, there's no lighting. There's, there's no, no. It's all natural light, and um, well, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into that on. in a bit more detail yeah. in a sec. But that, that that sounds good. So for both of you, it really is about the connection, and you can see that in your images. I just want Thank to uh, take a couple of steps back and and ask you. So. I can just hear the way that you answer the questions. We had a little bit of a pre-chat before, but but this is a this is a strong relationship you guys have. Like you know, I can meet <laughs> other couple. You laugh. <laughs> You're just on your best behaviour for me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we just we just had a massive argument before we came on. No, but I can you can you can often tell. Um, you know, when a couple is uh, strong together, and there's like. Um, and and you guys, to me, feel like a um, a strong couple. What's it like for two creatives being oh, together? Is it, <laughs> is it great? Okay, Are so, there differences of opinion? It's like, oh, that's too contrasty yeah. or that, that image is shy. Yeah, yeah. What, like, yeah. Is there a lot of that? Yeah. Okay, so, um, yes, we are strong, <laughs> partly because we've been through quite a lot together. Yep. And um, it, it hasn't been a... Uh, it hasn't been a boring life, has it? No, no. So when it comes to photography, yes, um, we do have our differences, and uh, there's there's there was quite an active debate recently, wasn't there? Where <laughs> actually, I was telling you about this. So <laughs> so we so we we we're, we're both editing in black and white, and uh-huh. um, Daryl prefers one tone, and I prefer another. So. Then, so he goes through and he edits my picture so that we can compare the two because there is a bit of concern that if we do a book together that there might be too much difference between the approaches. It's a bit of a thing you've got to wrestle with when you're a couple. So, um, but what we discovered was that we actually see the images differently. So we were sitting there with both images up on Lightroom on a really, on a big screen. And I said, I think that one's cooler. And Daryl said, no, that one's that that's the warmer one and I said well this one's brighter no I said well look at that white bit there no and so um well I'll hand over to Daryl so so there is an element of compromise but I think as a creative you've got to stick by what you think is right yes (laughs) and it's always and and Daryl how does it work so Judy's always right is that right? You want a happy oh, marriage, yeah, right? Yeah. You've worked that out, haven't you? Fair, no. <laughs> no, we're very fortunate because we um, we work and live together here, sort of twenty four hours a day. So um, we, we've got a very strong relationship. We we do have the odd um, the odd disagreement, but yeah. it, it's amazing that we, we we get on so well. Really, since we we're, we're very very rarely apart, actually. So. That's lovely. And it must be lovely to have that support, to have like I know uh, I I listen to like a lot of my friends who are photographers, a lot of people in my podcast community, in the gold community, you know, talk about the long-suffering partner that that has been asked to hold the light or or be in a – I'm just testing a new lens, can you be in the – and I see the grumpy kids, I see the grumpy partners, but then when you've got each other, like – you, you buy a new lens, Jude, or, or Daryl buys a new lens, you must both be, oh, my God, a new lens. It's excitement for yeah, both of you, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. that must be quite a joy and, and it must be uh, beautiful to be able to say to someone who gets it, who's that close to you, 
Yeah, I should uh, lift the skin tone half a stop here. What do you think? <laughs> or when you get a job, yeah, someone who actually understands what you're talking about, right? And the, yeah. Yes, that's true. And the other huge benefit is that we're prepared to invest our – not that we have a budget, we just go anyway. Um, uh, we're, we're prepared to invest time and money in trips, photographic trips, that you probably wouldn't do if it was just one – one yeah, half of the or go on your own. Um, so now that works really well. And that's that's really great to have that support on the ground as well. So when I go out, we're going to talk later probably about my bursary. I've got that um, that support there if I'm feeling a bit anxious about um, a project that yeah. I've got. It's got my back. Daryl's got my back. So. <laughs> That's lovely. You're very lucky to have that. I think it's a really beautiful thing, particularly when it works, not so much when it's, you know, that like you have two creatives where they're, they're not supportive of each other. But like in your case, I think it works and you actually you just lift each other up, which I think is uh, fantastic. So congratulations because it's, it's not easy to, to, to make a relationship uh, work in the first place, but throw all, you know, creative differences and, and uh, you know, the artistic temperament into it as well. <laughs> I think you've done really well. So I want to talk about um, the reason that I did reach out to you uh, to do uh, this interview. And these are the, the, the beautiful images uh, from Romania that I saw uh, from the um, frames Facebook page, that's where I first saw uh, one of your images there, uh, you know, and the frames uh, is uh, run by the uh, amazing Tamash, who's a fantastic yeah. photographer in his own right. We've also uh, interviewed him. I've put a link to the show notes to his interview as well. But so tell me how, how because it's like as soon as I saw those images, I just said, oh, my God, these are so beautiful. There's something about like I've seen – photographers that go to these faraway places and the images are often uh they're not honest like what you've done mm. and it looks yeah. like to me that you've spent like a lot of time there really talk, talking the talk like you've connected with the people and you've like I just I'm going to keep coming back to this word the honest and authentic portrayal mm. of these people yeah. and I really uh they just uh they just really appealed to me. So how how did this come about? Because it's not like it makes me really want to go there for a start. But how do you just decide to up and go? Oh, I'm going to go to Romania. Did you? How did you plan this trip? Did you have help on the ground? Tell me how it all works. So um, we, I I knew that I wanted to photograph people in a different country. In a, in a different culture, their everyday lives, to try and get under the skin of that culture. Um, it was really hard to find um, an organised tour that would do this. And the other, and, and also something, some a tour where there were only a maximum of, of, of four guests. Yep. Um, in fact, the tour we went on, there was just three of us and the guide. Wow. Um, because if you get any more people inside somebody's small dwelling you just destroy the atmosphere yeah um so we did have we went through a company called intrepid exposures and um were accompanied by a 
a photographer, a Romanian photographer called Miknia Turku. And Miknia has been photographing these people for many years. And basically, um, it was a very easygoing setup, very casual setup. So none of the people that we photographed knew that we were going to arrive that day. Right. Um, there were, there was, a, so they're all just in their ordinary clothes. Um, some houses we went to, they were out or the person had died. Unfortunately, a lot of this population are quite elderly. Yeah. Um, and we would, you know, he would ha- knock on the door. If he didn't know the person, sometimes we just explored new areas. Yeah, which, which... And he would just start chatting and, and, yeah. and we... I didn't start learning Romanian since we've come back, but actually I've since thought about it more. And it was great to just leave the guy to do the talking. And then um, he would translate bits and pieces and I would ask questions and we would get some answers and basically communicate with the people um, non-verbally and managed to, so, so that meant that you were connecting on a, different level really it's almost like a soul level i think because i think i've done i've i've done um i've approached strangers where i haven't had a a guide or an interpreter and it's just a matter of like a lot of pointing a lot of smiling and i think as humans you can kind of tell if someone's uh, warm and friendly as opposed to someone who's kind of, it goes back to that yeah. primal yeah. instinct of like, yeah. well, am I going to trust this person or not? Yeah. And so, um, and you know, I think is, is one of your, like, did you use the phone as a way to maybe connect and, and like, if you saw photos of their family, would you break out your images and say, here's, these are my, these are my children or um, did you do any of that? Which- we did a bit of that, but main, mainly it sort of get going into their dwelling. And the, the the very good thing actually was because a lot of these old ladies are living on their own up in the mountains, miles from anywhere, and it's a bit intimidating to get four male yeah. photographers turn up yeah, and right. walk in their house um, who they'd never seen before. Um, but actually having Judy with us yeah. um, was really good to have a woman there because they could connect and they felt safer. And then we just sit down. We don't. We don't use any. We don't ask them to pose anywhere or do anything. We just yep. let them do their own thing. Mick, um, you talk to them, and we get the photographs that we can. And um, the great advantage of being two of us, you know, we're we're in different positions, so we don't have to move around too much, which would sort of distract them, and um, so that so they so they relax because we're just sort of basically sat there and chat. Quite often, got the camera on, on your lap, looking at the screen, just taking very candid shots really a lot of it you know because then they, they stay relaxed if they're not sort of got a camera poked in the face so you know that's the way we try and approach it daryl you make a really sorry jude no, go sorry. ahead oh i can't remember what i was going to say now um what was going to say uh can't remember <laughs> all right i'll just i'll just go back to to uh Daryl, you make a really interesting point about the fact that um, having Jude there is is a great way because it's like less intimidating to be photographed by a woman sometimes. Yep. As a male in this in this realm, like when you're um, photographing someone like that, and you may 
what do you do to relax them, to to uh, take that fear away or that intimidation? Do you physically try and make your body smaller? Is there anything that you have noticed that you do to um, make it not as scary as an experience for, for yeah, them? Yeah, well, I'm being next to you. I'm not very big anyway, but um, <laughs> so I don't think I'm too intimidating, and also. Right. I think the other thing is if you know when we're talking they sort of try and they find out what you do as well and being a blacksmith they can relate to it whereas if I said I was some computer analyst doing some you know they wouldn't understand so I think my job as well they can relate with and then they 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 sort of they sort of look at you as as almost one of them because it's a very it's a, it's a it's a tradition as a skill that they they can relate to and I think that helps a lot as well because they they feel a bit more comfortable with us you know and, and do you think having that that the, the guide along? I think that's the the great sort of uh, the, the big difference between trying to stumble. Along. I think it can be done. I've done it where you've stumbled around on your own and tried to make yeah. that connection. It's a lot yeah. harder, and I think you need longer. It's a good yeah. way to do it as well. But having that guide to just a they take you to places that there is no way you could have found this on your own unless no. you unless you lived there for a few years right no. and then it's no. that the the trust is is a big deal too so uh, i i like this idea of joining these uh, small tours letting someone else take care of all of the you know the logistics so that you can yeah. just get on with taking the photos yeah 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 it's great and our, our next Next trip, next next month, it, it's just Judy, myself, and Mick. It's only be the three of us, yeah. which will be fantastic, you know, because then we can concentrate on what we want to. Haven't got to worry about a third party so much. So that would be um, really, really nice. Okay, so let's talk about what happened uh, as a result of taking these images. So you basically, uh, Judy applied for a, uh, a bursary, which is just a, another fancy way of saying you got a grant, right? Yeah, your <laughs> images. Okay, and so and but you you did that. You would think that oh, people who get grants like often have images that have been published in a lot of places. They've got a high profile. Uh, you know, with all due respect, your work's amazing, but you don't have a great body of work out there that's been published. In fact, Jude, you were saying you haven't had many images published and then no. you get you manage to score this grant what was the process to, to do that and um what does that give you the freedom to now do with these uh romania images okay so um i was quite um i was quite profoundly affected by meeting these people and i was i was uh really struggling to think what I could do to help them. And also I really wanted to understand them more. And I, I came back with all these images and I thought about doing an album and all the rest of it. And then we're both members of the Royal Photographic Society. And I saw this um, call for for applicants to a, for a grant uh, on a, to do a photographic essay on a social um, documentary issue overseas. And I thought, well, actually, that's sort of that's sort of what I want to do. I want to do more of this, and I want to understand this culture better. So, although I didn't have any work published, I had um, 
previously um, studied English at university and I worked in IT and put together, I'd also put together grant proposals for yeah. our uh, business. So I just set about trying to hone, I think one of the big things is you've got to, you've got to pick something particular that you want to explore and that you're passionate you about you can't just say oh i want to go back to romania and photograph this culture you've got to sort of have a proper topic for the essay that people can get their their heads around and something that you could possibly answer in an essay so i did spend a long time on the application right both and writing how, it how long and, do you, would you say that you spent working just just so because i, uh, think I probably spent, have an idea of this uh just have a think I probably spent at least 40 hours, I would say. Right. And you did your research and then like, it's interesting that you say that you had a little bit of experience applying for grants in the past because it, like, it feels or it can feel like overwhelming if you haven't done it before. So what would be your advice to photographers who are going to apply for uh, a grant, you know, even if they've had no work published and no experience, because like you're proof that it can be done, right? Yeah, I think the first thing to do is to read the 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 spec for the grant so that you understand more what they're looking for. In this case, it was jointly um, managed by the Guardian newspaper in the UK. So one of the first things I did was look at Guardian photo essays to see the type of output that they might require and the sort of subjects and approach that they took. Um, another thing was to look at previous awardees, people that had had the grant before and look at their work and the projects that got the funding. Um, then I took the bold step of actually sort of registering to get the application process started. And then you just have to take a deep breath and go through each of those sections. And, um, you know, when I say 40 hours, I probably did spend that long rewriting and rethinking. Mm. And, um, you know, there were things like, how are you going to market this? And um, so then I went off and I looked at what charities might be interested, what um, government bodies. Um, and also they wanted to know how we could get there in an eco-friendly manner. And so they had to research, research interrail and all that sort of stuff. So really um, not be daunted, but just um, do the absolute best you can and pick something that you're passionate about. Mm. Because then what happened was, um, it was they were they were they got it down to a five or six um, applications. It's a it was it's a worldwide um, bursary, so anyone Austri people in Australia can apply. Right. Um, and then the interview was by Zoom with um, the picture editor of the Guardian and um, an ex picture editor of the Guardian. Wow. Uh, that in yeah. itself feels overwhelming. I know. <laughs> Were you nervous? <laughs> yeah, just right I was. And I think yeah. that was the first like, first time I'd sort of appeared on Zoom mm. as well. Right. Um, and just, but it's showing your enthusiasm as well and your passion for it. Yeah, they ask things like, so have you had any work published? And then <laughs> I, so there's a sort of pause and I say, uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, I... I honestly believe that what 
what tipped the balance for me, apart from the fact that I did have to submit some images, and one of the picture editors really liked the images, um, the the thing that tipped the balance was my enthusiasm. Yes. I think I bowled them over with my enthusiasm, which is why it's so important to find something you really care about, because that should then come through in your images and your text, and it should allow you to connect to your audience and bridge that gap between the people that you're photographing and the people that are looking at your photographs. I think that's so important that you say that about the enthusiasm because I've uh, had a lot of experience dealing with uh, people who are applying to me to be an assistant on a shoot or uh, students of mine that are that are going for a shoot and even my own children when they're going for jobs. And I say to all of them, I say, be enthusiastic. Don't play the cool card. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. work. Because no. – and I believe this myself when I was coming up, although I'm really thankful I never applied it, that I need to be cool and pretend I'm not overwhelmed or excited by this experience. But whenever I was going for a job, I was so honest, I thought it would go against me, but it actually works in your favor when you say yeah. stuff like, no, I've never done that before, but I'm really keen, I'm excited, I'm so excited to be there, I'm so <laughs> excited for this opportunity. And like I often will hire someone who has a little bit more enthusiasm and perhaps a little less uh, um you know, technique or skills because I know yeah. that the skills can be trained, but if the enthusiasm isn't there, there's nothing I can do to 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 get that enthusiasm out of the student or the, the person that's working for me. So I think yeah. that um, being that honest and authentic in an interview and saying, you know, not 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 trying to pretend that you're and, and there is a real um um, style at the moment that you notice on social media where it's all about like trying to imply that you're something that you're not you're not really and the problem with that is it'll get you so far but eventually you'll get found out yeah yeah that, that, yeah. that it's a lie that like you know people like to be perceived in a certain way that they're they're a bigger company than they are and that you know we've got all of these followers and look at my fabulous life but we all know we can it's it's very easy to read be, between the lines so it's uh, so refreshing to hear uh your story uh Jude and and Daryl that, that that you're you're so willing to be uh honest and authentic and it's led you to, to this amazing amazing opportunity so yeah. They, they, did the um, did the yes come through the Zoom interview or was there a series no. more of uh, interviews after that? No, there were no more interviews, but um, I, I uh, heard later that day I was so desperate to hear and I just couldn't believe it because that is quite life-changing for us because it does give us that um, opportunity to shine and to possibly to help these people in some way um, because I do... The, the, the bursary I'm doing is looking at three generations of women and how the values have changed, or if they have changed, I haven't found out yet, but I suspect that the values between the generations have changed. There's something really fascinating about these traditional, I hate to use the word, but they're often called peasant yeah. cultures. They is haven't that, changed. Is that PC to still stay, say that? Cause... I don't know, really. Well, they. I don't. Well, I don't know. Um, but 
so, but that's that that's the culture they've come from. And yep. I'm from the rural poor in in um, England, so I and, I feel and my like... family come from. Um peasant stock i'm going to say it in sicily yeah, that's yeah, like when i looked at stock. these images i'm like these are my people i yeah. really identify with them and yeah. as you do and i think it's so important that you have because i know a lot of um photographers will take on an assignment and think well what's really cool at the moment i should be photographing you know fashion or something but if you're not interested like deeply interested in these people there'll there'll be a, a disconnect in those images yeah, it's like yeah, there's a wall yeah. between you the photographer and the subject the subject feels it that it's it's fake yeah right? you know yeah. it's like the instagram accounts where you see that it's like they've taken an image and it's been copied from someone who who actually shot it with their heart and then the other photographer comes along and just copies it you can't yeah. pin quite quite pinpoint what it is about the image but you feel the it that it's not authentic it's not real it's fake so i think yeah. it's really important that there is yeah. a uh well we will we, we use this word a lot but it is there has to be a passion there has to be like I, i'm sure daryl and jude that you think about these people oh, all yeah. the time and and yeah you're i constantly got really worried thinking, yeah of course there, one, yeah. there was one one lady that's short story here but there was one lady up up in the mountains that we visited and uh she was absolutely lovely she she only had about a dozen tomatoes and she had half a bucket full of walnuts that she'd picked up in the woods and she insisted that we went away with five of her tomatoes and most of her walnuts we knew she had very little to eat and we felt absolutely dreadful and then we heard unfortunately a couple of months later that she'd actually fallen into a, into a basically a, a spring um got wet and, and died of hypothermia she couldn't oh. get home and it's so sad because she was so lovely so we, we sort of a, a bit of follow-up as well we've you know yeah. we, we don't just you know we're trying to find out about these people's lives and and you know how things gone but it it, it that was terribly sad and yeah. far from being derog you know we talked about how should you know whether the, whether it was pc to call these this lifestyle, a peasant lifestyle, but I actually felt, well, um, you know, these are the people I value. Give yes. me these people to live yes. amongst as the, an alternative the, the, to living in the city. Absolutely. I agree with I you a thousand here. percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because it's real, it's authentic. Um, and the generosity of these people, and I've had, like, you'll remember that story about someone who gave you basically half of what she had. Yeah. You know, the generosity um, of spirit and that that what what I feel like you don't have, you always experience in the city is that, that that human connection and I think and being able to go back and tell those stories, it's it's so beautiful and I've had so many very similar experiences and just it, it makes you weep because you go, yeah. these people have nothing and they're prepared to give me everything yeah. that they have and and wow in the long term i quite like to do a book with um images of of characters and a bit of their life story yes um the the one of the first women i met her her father and her husband had died in the salt mines in siberia 
um, she was a really keen reader. She was there reading Tolstoy when we got there. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just so... Um, but she'd had to escape to the woods and she yeah, and live in the forest for when months. The Russians when the Russians through. came through. Um, so you just think... And actually, the, the our guide had to go back to the car and this woman had a finger a part of her finger missing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I I tried non-verbally to ask her about this missing finger and she told me in Romanian and then obviously I didn't understand a word. So the guide came back and I said, can you ask her what happened to that finger again? And um, she said, I've already told her. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So you never found out. <laughs> Good on her for putting it like you should have listened when I told you the first time. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, this 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 grant that you got means that you can go back uh, several more times and finish this project and hopefully as a result of that you'll be able to help this community as well. Is that right? That's, That's what we'd what like, we'd to, like do. to do. If yeah. we can find a way of doing that. Doing that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, um, yeah. but and actually, I've also recently joined um, another course, a ten-week course by a documentary photography who, photographer who lives in Spain, um, Sebastian List. Right. And through this community, I'm learning a lot. And there's a lot of people also have projects like mine where they feel very driven to help the people that they're photo photographing and also but but at the same time feel that they're not getting anywhere you know and then one um a photographer said to me well i felt like that and at the end of this project i i was sort of in tears um she'd been photographing some homeless people and she felt she hadn't done enough and one of the people came up to her and said look you've told my story that's enough Wow. Well, you um, shine a light for them. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, all right, let's just uh, – I just want to do talk a little bit, bit of uh, technical stuff. So in terms of um, – Packing for a trip like this, are you are you still shooting DSLR or are you taking mirrorless now? And like you say that you're only working with daylight, you so are you just keeping it as uh, organic as possible, no reflectors or tripods no. or anything like that? No, nothing at all. No, and just lens so of choice? Daryl's shooting with um, a Canon 5D Mark IV DSLR. Right. Yep. Um, in the last... Um, that's a full-frame camera. In yeah. the, the last trip, I was using a Fuji X-T3, which is a crop sensor camera. Yeah. So I've now upgraded to the Canon R mirrorless. What um, did you think of the X-T3? Be honest. The, the biggest problem I had... I'm well, very actually, honest about quite all the cameras. Because <laughs> when we came back, we were able to compare yeah. shots taken by Daryl's camera yeah. Um, with the same lens, 24 to 70, 2.8. Yep. Um, in the same environment. Yep. And the the quality just wasn't there. Whether it was because mm. it wasn't full frame and it was it was high dynamic range in some of them. Oh, um, I agree. I think, Very disappointed with that XT3. It's a paperweight for me now. I want to get rid of it. So, but the um, X100F, fantastic. And it's half yeah. the price, right. yeah. With a fixed lens, 
brilliant. So much detail. Super sharp. I found the um, X-T3, not to continue to Fuji bash, because I'll happily bash Canon if you ask. I'll bash everyone. (laughs) I don't care, right? But, um, yeah, I found the X-T3 images soft and grainy as dogs' cojones. I didn't like it at all. No. The um, the Mark IV though, the the uh, Canon, brilliant. What 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 lens do you use? The twenty four to seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two point eight, and and we I find that um, you know the camera does handle the low light very well, and and, yeah. and you know it, it's it, it's it's really great because we 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 really do only shoot with natural light and. Um, yeah. We don't have much choice of where our subject is sitting either. We don't sort of try and shift them around and so make them So you're not saying come over here, standing in the doorway, you're not posing, you just want wherever they yeah. are, you're going to photograph yeah. that. So are you uh, – so it's actually – it is. It's it's true, honest documenting the scene. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, we're very fortunate because there's two of us, so we're both shooting from different angles. So – you know, if if one of us doesn't get the shot, the other one normally does. Oh, so we can swap over. You know, we we swap around and and things, but um, you know, it works really well being the two of us because we can we can compare what photographs we've got from from each each location and um, you know, choose choose the best ones. Hopefully, is there so any the professional other jealousy at all? Like you just it's, do? Do you ever look over and go, God? Sometimes. How oh, come yeah. you thought of that? Oh, yeah, I wish I thought absolutely. of that. I'm so annoyed. I know. You know, he'll say, oh, look, this is a good one, and I'll say, well, I'll say something I can't say (laughs) (laughs) on air. (laughs) Yeah, we, um, for for a little while, we, well, we have been members of camera clubs, and that's all about competitions, so that that doesn't help in terms of, you know, if his gets first and mine gets second or something. Right. but we're we're moving away from that. Does he actually... sleep on the couch when he gets uh, first prize and you get second? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's a yes. Mess. You have to maintain the sense of humour, really. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think both of us just want to take this journey further. So, it's it's not a race between us yeah. and people. One will edge. I mean, we've got different strengths, really. Daryl's had much more experience um, in photography over the last years. I've I've got better IT skills and better writing skills. But um, you know, Great between combo. us, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. combination. So, out of uh, all these images, what's what's your favourite, Jude and and Daryl? What's your favourite out of the Romania set? Well, I think. Mine is probably the shepherd coming down the oh, road with the in a rover. Outstanding shot. Thank you. Outstanding. Jude? Oh, I'm struggling. I don't really have a favourite, if I'm perfectly honest. Oh, really? Um, I, I suppose, actually, yes. The old lady. There is an old lady who's sitting on a bench and looking completely... Exhausted. Exhausted. She, I sat on the bench next to her, and I re- reached out and touched her hand, and she said... Um, Oh, your hands are warm. My hands are cold, or something. And oh, so this is on the blog. This is on the blog. That's a beautiful story. That you, is that right? Is that uh, yeah. Valeria? Yeah, and the, the photographer yeah. said she he thought she hadn't had any human contact for quite some while. Oh. Um, 
but she, I, I have seen a picture of her since we've been there. So she's still alive at the moment. And, um, and she's in her and 90s, I, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were very worried about her because she was in a pretty poor state and going into the winter and we're thinking, oh, and she was in the middle of nowhere and we're just thinking, oh, how is she going to survive, you know? And um, we, we walked for about a quarter of an hour down the road and none of us spoke to each other. We all had a sort of a lump in our throats and, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. So, so what can we do as photographers to, you know, rather than um, take advantage of these communities, how can we help them other than, you know, sharing their story? Is there anything that you'd like to add that, that we could do as a community? Well, yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. I mean, they're so, they're so difficult to be able to help them that much. I think... it's, we are looking at ways of trying to see what we can do. Yeah, I think you need to um, think long and hard about if there is any way that you could help them rather than just taking their pictures and at least try. Yep. So um, I have contacted charities that work in this area um, to see if perhaps I could um, contribute images to help them market the area or, you know, um, fight their cause for them. Um, so I, I see that as something that I'm going to invest some time in to see if there is something I could do to help because they really deserve it. Yeah. And that it's not just these people. All over the world there are these small cultures and indigenous people that um, – yeah, I mean, help. we are, we are, you know, if we do, if we do get any, any sales from any exhibitions or anything else, we would like to give, give a, at least a very good proportion of any profit, if not all the profit, to to charities to try and help. That's fantastic. That's uh, Amy Vital, a National Geographic photographer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work, but she was saying uh, when I interviewed her that if, uh, like, whenever like her images sell, uh, she always makes sure that a proportion of that um, sale goes back to the person that she photographed, like to help the community because she's often in um, locations that are, you know, uh, Africa and all, all over the world yeah. actually. And so yeah. she she has made a point of uh, doing that. And I think if uh, every photographer had that, uh, that approach, then, you know, uh, yeah. Maybe we could help these, uh, or at, at, at the very least, you know, donate some of the money back to charities yeah. that will help these uh, these yep. communities. So that's fantastic, fantastic. Um, so I'm really excited uh, to see the uh, the remainder of uh, these images that you shoot. So there's a not like a, there's a trip coming up, and you're going to do it by rail. Is that right to get there? Well, in the no. end, we're not because of COVID. Yeah. So um, and boy, boy, is it complicated. Wow, um, so, be. yeah, it's, I had the flights cancelled yesterday. They on us. Oh. And, um, so What's I had the to re COVID situation like in Romania? What's it? Well, it's okay, but the yeah. the problem is that within the last week, the UK has moved from being a green country to get into people coming from the UK to get into Romania to a yellow country. Ah. And then yesterday it turned into a red country. Ah, so basically... You, you've had the, more outbreaks? Well, it's this yes. Indian variant variant ah. that's um, worrying Romania. Yeah. So luckily we have both had both doses of the vaccine. Oh, fantastic. Um, 
and we will also take with us a negative test. So yep. we should be able to get in fine. Um, but it's then when we come back, obviously the UK yeah, is very strict. We'll have to have lots, we'll have to quarantine, yeah, quarantine when we come back. But yeah, it's worth it. I can't. I'm. Um, it's it's been so touch and go whether we'll be able to go or not, and um, I'm really excited. Oh, we're all excited for you. I'm in a country that I don't think our borders are going to open for like at least another year. And also we're currently in, you know, day four of our fourth lockdown. But I think you guys have done it tough as well. So, um, you know, I'll just have to live vicariously through you guys at this point. (laughs) So um, I'm incredibly grateful for you taking the time and uh, your, your work is really beautiful and I can't wait to see uh, what happens next with this uh, series of images. So uh, just for those listening, uh, we've got, you've got your website, which is um, dapperandjude.com, right? Yeah. And then Instagram, you're also Dapper and Jude, you've made it easy. And then you've got Facebook, Dapper and Jude. So the Dapper part, (laughs) obviously, Judy, you're the Jude. The Dapper part is after Daryl, who apparently was quite hot as a young man. Is that right, (laughs) Daryl? Yeah. Because you did did get to meet the uh, the Queen Mother, didn't you, when you were a young jockey? I did, looking. You looked after Um, her horse. Is that right? I did, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Great honor. She was was absolutely lovely. So there's that whole royal connection with you guys as well. So that's all amazing. So I wish you both uh, continued success. Thank you again for your time. And uh, we'll get you back on once the the project is finished because I'm really excited to see where what, what happens next. Brilliant. That'd be fantastic. It's been great Thank to you. talk to you. Yeah, it's been lovely. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. There we go, Daryl and Judy, otherwise known as Dapper and Jude. And remember, check out um, their website at dapperandjude.com. They're also on Instagram and Facebook as Dapper and Jude. So great to see, you know, what different photographers are doing all around the world. And I love the fact that they are shooting these people who, you know, they're not necessarily styled or famous or anything. They're regular people who they don't even know. And yet in each image, they've captured an entire story. It's absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. And it's like, you know, again, this is uh, something that I notice in images. I'll look at an image and I think, do I care about these people? Mm. Do I? I do. I care about them. And, Mm. uh, you know, Jude also writes about uh, the images and the experience on, on, on her blog. So I encourage you to check out that as well. Wonderful. All right. So what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? (laughs) Staring at walls. (laughs) I go out for my two-hour walk. Not a lot going on in uh, the state of lockdown. What about you, Val? You got anything exciting happening? Uh, Yes. Fortunately, we're not in lockdown. So I'm going to a play tomorrow. I mean, actually, I'm going to uh, the opening of an art exhibition tomorrow night and then going to a play um so i'm actually getting out (laughs) i know this that's a lot for you that's like that tomorrow night is more than you did all of last (laughs) year i think (laughs) i think (laughs) two two like not one thing like you're going to two places at once right oh my 
my goodness. <laughs> I can't. That's fair. I won't know myself. Um, but it's good to go out and take yourself out on a creative date every week or so when of you course. can. So yeah. If, even if oh, it's, that sounds amazing. Even if it's not your genre or your style or your the type of thing that you do, you always get ideas. That's the thing. You always oh, get ideas. You come home buzzing. Mm. Like just go to your local gallery and have a look at other art work you know, work and uh, or a play or anything mm. creative. It always you always come home with something and if it's not then There'll be something tucked away down the track. You've got to constantly, uh, you know, feed the muse, don't yeah, you, Val? Definitely. So, like, you know, looking at uh, beautiful things and uh, creative work helps with your own creativity for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So, where do we find you online, Gina? So, you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G I N A M I L I C I A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. Just go to ginamilitia.com and click on memberships. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo. That's K H O O um, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.